But I think the challenge swimming faces is the fact that, you know, our competition compared with other sports like soccer and netball, rugby league, and even basketball is that, you know, their officials get paid per game. But, you know, that's not any means that we shouldn't. It's just, you know, we volunteer our times because it's what we love. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane Tempest and in part one of our Young Official series we had Lauren Bird on the show who is a former young netball umpire and we spoke about how netball attracts young people to become an umpire. We discussed pay, mentoring and the pathways of netball umpiring and it gave us an incredible insight as to the potential swimming has in this area. Today's episode is part two of our Young Official series, and we are talking to Isaac Wilson. Isaac is a young technical official from Wollongong and is a part of Swimming New South Wales Youth Advisory Panel. We chat about what swimming does now to attract young officials, the pay debate, and why he became a technical official. Enjoy! G'day everyone and welcome to Swim.Rocks and we are continuing the discussion of how we can attract young officials to the sport of swimming and today we are staying inside the walls of the swimming kingdom and talking to one of the best young technical officials in the game, Isaac Wilson. Isaac, how are you mate? Good thanks Lockie, how are you? And where have we caught you today? Uh, I'm just at home in the study, Uh, it's quite cold so yeah thank god I didn't have to travel. Yeah and whereabouts are you at the moment, like what suburb? Uh, I'm in Balgownie, so it's about an hour from Sydney. Right, uh, okay. And south. All right, awesome. So down near that Wollongong region? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, beautiful. Now, I've got you on the show today, mate, because you are an actively involved person in the Swimming New South Wales community who wants to see an abundance of young people in those black polos and trousers refereeing around SOPAC. So before we dig into that, let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, How and when did you get into officiating? Um, I think it was about five years ago, uh, down in my local area, I um, was a part of this development squad as a swimmer, because as some of you may know, I used to be um, a a competitive swimmer um, at nationals and all that, but I was a part of this development squad, and um, I think at the time, the area was running a um, development squad for, you know, five and six and seven-year-olds. down further down south Mm. and um i just thought i may as well put my hand up for something you know try something new see what can i what can i do to uh assist people in my area because you know people have given me so much in the sport of swimming and you know i thought it'd be a great opportunity to start something new and um give back to the community oh awesome so that was going to be asking me my next question. Like, what did attract you to become an official? So, obviously, there was that um, first attraction of, you know, wanting to give back to the community. Uh, but continuing on through your officiating journey, what kept you attracted to the sport? Um, well, first of all, I think it's definitely the relationships I've built um, within my time of officiating in local or club level, area level, and then definitely going to state level. Um, and I think by, you know, me forming those relationships with older people, um, I definitely think that it's 
given me that opportunity to develop some of those lifelong lessons um, yeah. and which will be useful down later in life. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, like, you know, confrontation and um, the list goes on yeah. about, you know, how to handle things in life and yeah. down the track. So really getting, giving, getting a uh, heads up for uh, what's to come. In the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> so majority of teenagers, uh, Isaac, the pathway to become uh, a technical official is, is unknown. Um, I know for myself as a former swimmer, I, you know, really had no idea. And can you tell us what process you have gone through to get to where you are now? So you mentioned that first little development, uh, that little development meet, uh, and where did you go from there? Um, so yeah, so, um, uh, funnily enough, at that first meet, I got signed off for timekeeper and chief timekeeper. Mm. Um, and I mean, that's sort of an easy role that anyone can do, you know, and it's a qualification where, you know, parents can just rock up at carnivals and say, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to do this. But the pathway I uh, began from that carnival on was, you know, I'd rock up at, club nights on a Friday night and I'd help out in the marketing area, things like that. Um, you know, if I had a spare moment at area carnivals, I'd go up and see what was going on, you know? Um, and I'd really started to learn all about the sport from that side of um, that, or that point of view, you know? Mm. And then from there, I was introduced to the technical official development program. Mm. Um, and that began because, you know, I was volunteering my time at area meets and club meets and I was recognised for my hard work and um, my volunteerism throughout the community. And then from there, you know, I got the opportunities to meet people from the Sioux New South Wales Technical Swimming Committee um, and all that sort of stuff. And then from there, it just continued to develop and extend myself to you know now where I'm up to state meets and I've even been to nationals at one stage and yeah. So last week we had Lauren Bird a young Nepal umpire on the show. We asked her why she never became a swimming official and her, her response was uh, she never saw any ads online at, at home pools emails or even competitions for you know, technical official courses from firsthand experiences. As I said before, I have hardly ever seen a post on social media from any organization saying, you know, come be a technical official from your experience. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of niche ways. What ways are there in place to attract young TOs and uh, what strategies do you think we could implement in the future? Um, so at the moment I'm involved with the um, New South Wales Lane Ropes to Leadership Camp or the Youth Advisory Panel. Um, and every year we host some camps um, around the October time. Obviously, this year it won't go ahead, but um, the past couple years and planning down the track in 2021, we hold these camps to attract the leaders of different clubs in the different areas. And my role on that panel um, is to all to you know encompass the values of. Um, adolescents in this, within the swimming community, but more specifically, I present the technical official um, part of the camp, and that's mm. to try and involve these swimmers or these leaders of their clubs and areas to hopefully um, 
you know, become TOs, whether that's just being timekeeper or a chief yeah. timekeeper or, you know, even marshalling and check starting, which are mm. really, really simple roles. Um, and, you know, by them doing that, they'll be able to get, like, get in the sport and, yeah. um, you know, all that. Um, but when you're talking about social media and all that, um, all that jazz, um, the Sumi New South Wales have actually tried to make a huge effort to um, advertise um, TO courses. Mm. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, we have the online courses now um, that Ben Ramsden has initiated. Um, we've also we've also had um, walkthroughs at state meets, whether that's at New South Wales Country or New South Wales Metro. Um, I have seen numerous ads pop up uh, for, you know, even parents or um, adolescents to, um, you know, come in and see what happens behind the scenes. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for, for, for most people, it's if you, I know, you know, if you're lucky enough to go onto one of those camps, you know, you, you become aware of it there and, and then, you know, you start to see a bit more from there. But I think for the average Joe, uh, me personally, I don't know what you think. I think there could be more done. There could be, you know, a monthly post that goes up on the Swimming New South Wales Instagram page that says, you know, swimming season is in swing or swimming season is coming up, come become a technical official or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, it obviously will attract people and by people seeing it more frequently, it'll start to hammer in the idea that, you know, it's a great way to be involved in the swimming community and by getting personal experiences like mine and others that have previously been on the show, uh, I definitely think that it will promote and hopefully expand the demographic of the officials within the swimming community. Yeah, nice. And uh, Isaac, one of the one of the biggest arguments around is the absence of young technical officials being paid, or any age for that matter. And, and there's a saying, uh, there's a saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But being totally honest, I know from a coach's point of view, I wouldn't be waking up at 4am every day, you know, if there wasn't, you know, some sort of paycheck coming my way. Um, so I'm sure same goes for the officiating world. My little brother said the other day, I want to do my soccer refereeing course, because you know, I can get some cash in my pocket every weekend. Unfortunately, that's the way the world is and the way the world's moving and, and volunteers are becoming more scarce. Uh, what is your view on the whole young technical officials should be paid debate? First off, I, I definitely think that swimming New South Wales is not in the wrong. Um, but I think the challenge swimming faces is that the fact that, you know, our competition compared with other sports like soccer, netball, rugby league, and even basketball is that, you know, their officials get paid per game. Um, but, you know, we officials, we come to meets and all that um, and don't get paid. Um, but, you know, that's not any means that we shouldn't. It's just, you know, we volunteer our times because it's what we love. Um, and we enjoy it because, you know, for me, it challenges me. Um, and it's a different way of thinking and different things like that. Um, you know, we get our lunch provided and snacks provided and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, as a young adolescent or 
you know, a teenager, the reality is, is that they're more attracted to money. Um, and that's just, you know, that's what, that's what I've picked up in my local area as well, that, you know, my mates have done rugby league, refereeing, basketball, co- uh, refereeing um, and officiating. Mm. And, you know, the lack of teenagers and adolescents within the swimming community differs quite a lot. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's a disadvantage, but it's what our sport faces. And it's definitely something that needs to be addressed because, you know, I don't do it for the money. Mm. I do it because I enjoy it. And I think that's the most important thing about why I do this role. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Isaac, we put a call out on our swim.rocks community page. And by the way, if you want to join our swim.rocks community page, head over to the URL community.swim.rocks. And we put a call out there to see what our members are doing or what they think could be done to attract young officials to the sport. We're going to go through a few of them now. Firstly, some have mentioned that they get their senior swimmers to run club night. And if they don't want to swim and just help out, that counts towards their end of year points tally. Do you reckon that this is a great way to engage young people in the sport at that local level? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I was saying before that, you know, I go into club nights on Friday night and I officiate and even I help to build that sense of community with the younger swimmers. And by me doing that and by any other senior swimmer um, engaging in that sort of activity is really important because it shows the leadership of your club and it shows that, if you're going to do it, then younger swimmers will say, oh, well, that's the way to act and behave um, in the future. And even I still swim occasionally at club nights, um, even though the younger swimmers will probably roll me. Um, (laughs) But, you know, again, as I'm saying, it's all about that sense of community and by you or by any swimmers going to club night, particularly senior swimmers, um, it really enforces that sense of community. Mm. And yeah, I just keep harping on about that yeah. because I think definitely that's the most important part. Yeah. And what, what club are you at? Give them a I'm shout at, out. Wollongong Swim Club. Oh, shout out to Wollongong Swim Club down there on the South Coast. Uh, and also, I think it's a, ga- it's a great way for people to gain interest, as you said, and continue to develop and, and grow as an official. Um, besides your club, Wollongong, uh, do you know any clubs that follow the same process and all, and should all clubs be implementing it? Uh, well, you know, I'm not one to stipulate how each club operates, but I definitely think that you're very political. You're very (laughs) political. (laughs) But if senior swimmers do try and engage in that, um, like, you know, those roles and, um, that community service sort of type of behaviour, I definitely think that it's a way forward for swimming. And I definitely think, you know, that down the path, we could definitely see the new era of swimming, um, you know, be, well, I'm stuck for words, to be yeah, honest. flourish, flourish. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's, that's the word. <laughs> so um, another issue is if we look at the age brackets of, of swimming officials, we have a pretty good pool of, of teens and, and parents and of young kids and then the middle-aged men and women and some senior members, but the age bracket of 20 to 30 year olds is almost non-existent. Now I'm in that age group and I understand some factors like studying work relationships and leaving home. But from the conversations I've had with my friends 
who are in their 20s, uh, you know, who are former swimmers and technical officials in their teens, that if there was money involved, then they would definitely put their hand up and go down for a weekend. Now, you're heading into that age group, Isaac. How do you reckon you will cope? Will you still be active or, you know, will you do less to help balance life? Uh, yeah, so I honestly plan to be active um, down the track and into my 20s and 30s um, and for however, for however long I decide to officiate for, um, which I hope is a long time. But um, even now, I'm, stu- I'm still finding, you know, balancing study um, and, you know, social events and mm-hmm. officiating and swimming and whatnot um, is really difficult. And I think by, you know, having a selection of what meets you want to go to, how many days you want to officiate for, what, what are your goals, what are your aspirations, you know, things like that. They all come into the equation of um, whether or not you want to officiate. Yeah. Um, and I honestly believe that, you know, if you push, if you really love it, you'll push time aside for, for yourself to, you know, take part in that local area or state meets. Mm. Um, and things like that. Yeah. So I was going to ask, and, and you, you did mention it before that pay, you know, isn't a huge factor for you, but do you think if we were tr- going to try and maximize and uh, increase our numbers in the, in the technical official um, age bracket of 20 to 30 year olds, would pay be a huge factor in that? I definitely think it would be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think in the end, you know, people, uh, the old saying is if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Um, but I think, you know, and people are moving in that, that mindset of thinking that, you know, that, you know, if they're going to do something that they don't want to do it for free and, um, you know, not just for Jets crackers and mini muffins. So, um, we had, we chatted earlier before the show, uh, and you mentioned that some people who can't commit to those, you know, eight to 10 hour days in full on, on pool deck and, what if we had some sort of shift like roster, you know, do you feel that that would make it easier for a young busy person to be involved, especially if there's, you know, uh, maybe a two hour shift or a two hour roster um, and, and including if there's a paycheck involved with that per hour or per roster or per, you know, two hour shift or whatever. Do you reckon that those small increments would make a difference? Yeah, I definitely think it would be. And, you know, every little uh, development, and every little, you know, as you said, increment in developing um, the promotion and advertisement of young officials would definitely go a long way to attracting, you know, the age, the age bracket, as you said, the 20 and 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if we get young officials into the sport and if anyone doesn't know this, but when you um, nominate to officiate at state levels, you do have the option to, you know, either officiate for half a day or a full day. Mm. Um, and the way Swimming New South Wales is creating their meets, you know, we have a Friday night session all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday. Mm. So, you know, TOs could come up for the Friday night, um, which lasts for about three, four hours. And, you know, and then mm. come for the Saturday morning and that's all they do. And that's awesome because, you know, that's, that community service that I keep talking about. However, you've got those other officials that come for the Friday night, all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday. And I, Mm. I don't believe that they get enough, um, you know, credibility and 
gratitude from swimmers and parents. I think it goes very unnoticed. Um, and so I definitely think that, you know, um, those little increments will hopefully see the increase of young technical officials and then hopefully the appreciation of the, of the work and the volunteer stuff they do. Hear, 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 hear. And uh, Isaac, a common theme that we see is that, you know, the culture is centered around older adults um, and not as attractive for young people. And, and it's, and I quote, undesirable adultification of youth sport. How do you find it being, especially at most meets, one of the only young TOs going around? Well, at the beginning, it was quite intimidating because, you know, I was new to the sport. I was new to what I have to do, what I have to learn, you know. Um, but now as I'm, you know, in my fifth year of TOing, even though I haven't done much this year because of the yeah. pandemic, yeah. Um, you know, I've been able to adapt the way I officiate to the needs of the meet mm. and you know whether that's a local or a club meet or a state meet you know the experience you gain will help you um want to officiate and officiating with you know the older age groups um is really enjoyable to be honest once you know everyone um you know they're all caring and loving and you know we everyone can have a conversation and mm. i think that's really important that there's this stigma that you know we're not very talkative and all that on pool deck but mm. as you know not many people know what goes on behind the scenes and mm. that's where you do all your learning and that's where you really um learn those life lessons mm. So what simple changes, you know, off the top of your head, do you think could be made? So, you know, uh, could it be at the start more welcoming? Could there be better food available instead of Jets crackers and mini muffins? You know, could there be, you know, uh, you know, big crackers and actual muffins? You know, could the uniform be better? You know, could there be a buddying system where, you know, an, an older official is mentored to a, to a brand new official? Yeah, well, funny you say that because, you know, we have we have a similar or similar program to a mentor, you know, like as you come up in the development program, you know, you don't really get assigned a mentor, but you start to learn those higher order officials and you start to engage in those relationships, you know, and um, that's how, you know, you gauge those mentors and those people you can seek to advice. Um, but for someone that wants to, you know, do two hours or something to, help their swimming community, you know, they could be paired up with, you know, a marshaller or a timekeeper or a chief timekeeper, something like that, where, you know, the stakes are a bit lower than a starter or, you know, a judge's stroke, even though you have to be accredited for that. By you learning um, the senior officials ways of how to do um, or how to officiate properly, you know, that would, I think that would get them more engaged. Um, and, you know, the Jets crackers are amazing too. Like, <laughs> you know, they're the, the most Aussie sort of food and uh, you, you never get sick of them. <laughs> all right. All right. There you go. Uh, so, Isaac, you mentioned that when you first came in, you know, it was a bit intimidating. Do you think that 
there is a divide in the two generations of officials and have you ever felt inferior or not welcomed? Um, you know, has, has there ever been, you know, who's this young punk from the gong, you know, trying <laughs> to take my position? <laughs> um, I think at the start, because, you know, I wasn't confident talking to people and, um, you know, voicing my opinion within the room of, you know, people that have been doing it or officiating for 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years even. Mm. And, um, but, you know, as I keep saying, you know, once you start to get experience under your belt and things like that, you definitely get to find your voice mm. in that community and you know where you lie within, um, you know, the community and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Now, Isaac, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. And if we were to take three things away from today's chat, what would they be? Three solutions that you think would work? Um, I think that the community involvement within your club area is really important. Um, the second thing I do was to try and not hold the stigmas until you really know what it's actually like and what you actually know or what you actually know that goes on behind the scenes and things like that. I definitely think the third one is that, you know, if you're hesitant about officiating, if you're a senior swimmer or a young teenager, I think it's definitely worth giving it a crack. Um, and, you know, just see what it's like. And if you don't enjoy it, there, there's no commitment. Um, and you never know, you might end up enjoying it and, you know, continuing on for the rest of your life. So, yeah, I just think give it a red old crack and if you enjoy it, keep on doing it. Awesome. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, spreading your wise, wise words. You're only the baby and the pup of the uh, technical official world, but you're definitely making some, uh, some reins in there. Isaac, thank you for coming on the show. No worries, Lucky. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for listening to that episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep in touch with us, go over to our Instagram and Facebook pages or join our digital community. Simply type in the URL community.swim.rocks, click the request to join button and follow the prompts. It's totally free, guys. Come along and help us make swimming easier and better for all. Make sure you tune into next week's episode, but until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy and stay dry.